0: Hello and welcome to Up in the Roost. I'm Tyler Waldrop. As always, I'm here with Thomas Ashworth. We're talking a couple days after Jacksonville State's 49-3 win over East Tennessee State, but we're not going to talk about that game too much today. Thomas, why are we not talking about that game?
1: Yeah, I mean, not to discredit JSU's 49-3 to win over an FCS team, but honestly, I think that this upcoming game against Coastal Carolina is one of, if not the most important game for Jacksonville State this season. I mean, would you agree with me?
0: No, I don't. While I think it is one of the more interesting games Jacksonville State's going to play this season, I would stick with my preseason prediction of uh, Sam Houston as probably the most important game for Jacksonville State the rest of this year. I would also look at a home game against Western Kentucky in October as more important than this matchup with Coastal Carolina. Those are both conference matchups. I think what Jacksonville State's trying to do, not only for this year, but the reputation the Gamecocks want to establish going forward, I think it matters more to have a good showing in conference. And quite frankly, I think... A road trip to Coastal Carolina is probably one of the toughest games Jacksonville State will play this season. So I don't think the Gamecocks are going to come back home with a win this time.
1: I mean, for reference, my original pick for most important game of the season was a conference victory over UTEP. This was a UTEP team that we were expecting to be pretty good, but they just the coaching just wasn't there. And it was just not as good as we expected. But still, I mean, this is a JSU team that, Rich Rod realizes, you know, we don't have the pieces to win a conference championship, and that's fine. We're going for a bowl game. And in order to get to a bowl game, I mean, you have to have convincing wins. And this win over Coastal Carolina, if they're able to pull this out, I think that would really not only set them up, you know, as as a 3-0 record would set you up for success, but this is a win that would honestly be just a big reputation builder. I mean, this is a Rich Rod team that's already gaining some attention due to Pat McAfee, and if you get to, to a 3-0 start and get a convincing win over Coastal Carolina, or shoot, even just a one-point win over Coastal Carolina, I mean, that would be huge, not just for reputation's sake, but also for just momentum's sake. I mean, there's a pretty favorable, a pretty favorable schedule coming up. I mean, Eastern Michigan, I think it should be, favored in Jacksonville State. Uh, I think Sam Houston would also be favored for Jacksonville State. So if they can get rolling against Coastal Carolina, I think that honestly that could set up JSU for a 5-0 start.
0: Hey Thomas. Yes. Do you think Jacksonville State's gonna win this weekend?
1: If I had to pick, I honestly wouldn't be able to say with confidence that either of these teams will win, but obviously the line is favored for Coastal Carolina 14 point favorites and JSU really hasn't seen much real competition I mean UTEP was like I said not as good as everybody thought they would be and Eastern Tennessee obviously not good even for an FCS team but if I had to say it right now I would say that JSU would not be favored under really any circumstance especially when you're looking at Grayson McCall one of the best quarterbacks in the country an NFL prospect but honestly right now it I really couldn't say with confidence about either team. The line
0: that is in front of me right now has Coastal Carolina favored by 13.5 points. Grayson McCall played 11 games last season, and he threw only two interceptions the entire year. I think up to this point in the season, Jacksonville State has benefited from turnovers, and you can credit the Gamecocks for forcing those But I do not think Coastal Carolina is going to turn the ball over so easily this weekend. And I think Coastal Carolina, when the year is over, is probably going to look like one of the best teams Jacksonville State plays this year. Uh, South Carolina is also on the schedule. But I think Coastal Carolina could be the second best or the third best team Jacksonville State plays. I think this being the first road game that this team is going to have to face. Yeah, I, I don't think... And if Jacksonville State losing this game, which is what I would predict to happen right now, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think first year at the FBS level, I think Jacksonville State's going to lose a couple of these games. And I think losing to a team like Coastal Carolina with a quarterback like Grayson McCall on the road in the first road game of the year, I think, I don't expect Rich Rod to come out and say this, but I think he'll take that. I think if Jacksonville State looks good but can't keep up, I think... I think the coaching staff will take that loss. So for me, and that's one of the reasons I don't think this is the the most important game because I don't think Jacksonville State's going to win. I don't think the most important game on Jacksonville State's schedule is a loss, especially uh, a loss that might not be as competitive. Now, if if you tell me if we're talking next week and Jacksonville State wins this game, I agree with everything you said. I think a winning at Coastal Carolina changes. Everything that this team could accomplish this year. If Jacksonville State can go to Coastal and win, it's tough to imagine games that Jacksonville State can't win. Like the trip at South Carolina is probably the only other game I would say Jacksonville State goes into, and and you don't expect it to be competitive. I mean, if Jacksonville State can beat Coastal Carolina, I don't see any reason Jacksonville State can't just about run the table, which in the first year, as an FBS program would be a pretty crazy thing to see happen.
1: I mean, looking ahead into this matchup, as far as who's going to be playing in the matchup, we still don't know about a starting quarterback. I mean, Richrod told us this afternoon, he said, what time is this kickoff? Whatever time that is, that's what time you're going to know about the starting quarterback. I mean, we saw a lot of encouraging things from Logan Smothers, and Zion Webb seems to be recovering well from his sickness that he had. So there's really a really good controversy, as Rich Rod would call it, for the Gamecocks. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Tyler, if you were Rich Rod and you were not looking at this week's of practice and just seeing what you saw in the last two weeks, I mean, what, what would you think about the quarterback situation?
0: I think everything we saw Saturday, I think that's the potential that both of us saw in fall camp when we watched Logan practice. Now, the thing we didn't see Saturday that we saw throughout fall camp is we saw Logan make some incredible throws. And then, at least I, I won't speak for Thomas, I saw Logan make some questionable decisions that I think is the, the main reason that Zion started the first game and was supposed to start Saturday's game. I think what you see with Zion is... Zion keeps Jacksonville State on target, he doesn't make mistakes often, he might not make those same throws that make you go, wow, You know, he's, he's not going to move the ball vertically near as well as Logan. Logan is the best looking pure passer on the team, especially among the top three quarterbacks. But Logan makes those mistakes, Logan is, from what we saw in practice, more likely to turn the ball over. More likely to maybe miss that easy throw. So I think Saturday, you know, that was that was the upside of Logan Smothers. And if Logan can keep doing that, I think Zion's going to find himself in a different role on the team. Rich Rod has said he's not afraid to play two guys. If Logan can continue playing well and Zion's healthy, I think we'll see both guys down the stretch this season. But I think Logan will take the larger share of snaps if if he continues to play like he did Saturday. But, I mean, we both know East Tennessee State, not, not exactly the team you're going to prove yourself against and, and win the job just on that game alone.
1: And, I mean, speaking to your point, I mean, people have said, oh, I think Logan's better, I think Zion's better, but they're not seeing what he's done in practice. I mean, they're not seeing that Zion has been the clear – leader on the team. They're not seeing that he's been the clear-cut favorite just all across the board. I mean, granted, Logan's had to come in and learn a system, and he's still getting that under his belt. I mean, Rich Rod knows that that an ETSU win doesn't mean honestly that much for a former power five quarterback who's coming into a new system but as far as i mean this win this win was sure it was encouraging and it looks like logan could be the starter there's still a lot of questions to be answered with zion and just and the same same time with logan about just their health and um still like we mentioned logan's still recovering from a labrum um injury that he had and there's just a lot of questions that should be answered i mean honestly could be answered this next game.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, that is the most interesting thing about Logan is, and we can't answer this, we don't know where he is in learning the offense. I mean, I think Logan, if we asked him, he would say he's picked everything up. But, you know, it's going to take some time before you're fully comfortable and and you have that chemistry down. And I I can't remember if I said this on a podcast, that we did before the season started or if that was a conversation we had off air but that was always the thing that was interesting to me is how what are we seeing the version of Logan that's still just trying to get used to the system and the new team and at what point does that switch flip because i mean i mean we Thomas and i agree that we saw Logan throw three passes and you can just tell from a mechanic standpoint his arm is is the best on the team i mean that I don't, I don't think there's any debate around that, but that doesn't necessarily make him the right guy, the right quarterback for this year. But yeah, I mean, if now if Logan can continue to pick up the offense, or maybe he already has, you know, it's been, it's been three weeks since we were out there seeing Logan regularly at practice. You know, we, we don't know how much he's improved over those three weeks other than what we saw Saturday. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's most interesting to me is, you know, has, has Logan really gotten this much better in the last three weeks? And I do think this is going to be a good test. I think a road environment, I think Coastal Carolina, definitely a better test than East Tennessee State. I I don't have information that tells me this, but I think Jacksonville State's going to play both guys. I think if both guys don't play, that speaks to either Zion's health or maybe the the game is close and the team – is in a rhythm. But even that, I feel like Rich Rod would, would play both guys.
1: I mean, having multiple guys play is just something that Rich Rod wants to do. He wants to play people who can play football. I mean, this is also something that he talked about on Tuesday. Just why, why wouldn't you play two guys if they're good at football? Um, There shouldn't be really a competition. It's more of just play people who are good. And in that same sense, playing people who are good, we've seen a lot of good production from the running backs as well. But we got an encouraging update uh, for Jacksonville State as Anwar Lewis seems to be progressing really well. And Rich Rod even said that we might even see him against Coastal Carolina, which is a really good sign for a Jacksonville State running back room that already has plenty of depth and really good players.
0: Yeah, to me, you don't always see college coaches make decisions with the schedule in mind, um, the way maybe we see NFL coaches make those decisions. But to me, I never thought it made sense to rush Anwar back for the UTEP game. Why risk potentially your best running back? Before the season started, we, we definitely would have said Anwar's the best running back on this team. So why rush that guy back for the very first game when he's not fully there when he's just now a full participant in practice? And why why make why put Anwar in against East Tennessee State? I mean unless you just want him to to maybe take take a hit and just kind of get comfortable, get loose and then pull him out, but yeah, I mean to me This was always the kind of, this was the game I had circled. This is when they should bring Anwar Lewis back if he's ready. Rich Rod indicated on Tuesday that Anwar Lewis should play this weekend. And he's been a full participant in practice per Rich Rod for the last couple weeks. Unless there's been a setback that hasn't been disclosed. So, yeah, I don't see any reason that Anwar Lewis shouldn't be in this game. And I do think that that helps Jacksonville State.
1: And, I mean, I don't think this is a running back room that really is just itching to have him back either. I mean – Obviously, you want your one of your best players back, but this is a running back duo that's been really solid for Jacksonville State. I mean, we've seen Ron Wiggins take on a different approach. He's been catching passes, and he's had a touchdown in both games, and Malik Jackson's also had touchdowns in both games. And honestly, he's really fit the bill of exa- everything Rich Rod said that he would be. Um, he's versatile, and he's fast, and they each bring their own unique skill sets, as we mentioned, but I mean, honestly, it seems like Ron Wiggins is almost just as, if not more versatile uh, in these situations than uh, Malik Jackson has been. That's just because of his increased pass-catching ability and just everything that he's been working on. But, I mean, still, even if we don't see much of Anwar, this is still a running back room that's honestly a strength of the team.
0: Thomas, here's a fun question for you. If you're Jacksonville State's coaches, assuming Anwar is completely healthy, you have no question marks, not worried about him hurting himself, is he the starting running back on this team still?
1: I really can't say that he is. Um, I mean, just the way that Ron Wiggins has played is just amazing, honestly. I mean, we saw it in fall preseason practices, just the way that he was the clear runaway favorite for the running back role. I mean, Tyler can probably speak to this. I mean, the, the just couple of mistakes that he made, he just corrected on the next snap. I mean, he's just been the clear favorites. And, I mean, there's no reason to put a guy in. Um, If the guy that's in already is just doing lights out. And I honestly think that Ron Wiggins has just stepped up in the past game. I think that he's stepped up even more as a runner. And I honestly discredit him a little bit just in the way that I talked about him as a true quote unquote running back in the way that Anwar is kind of a mix of both. And Malik is more of a receiving back just because we hadn't seen that from him. But I mean, now. We've seen him catch passes, and we've seen him just improve in all facets of the game. So really, I think that it's Ron Wiggins' job to lose as a starting running back.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy just to hear out loud, to think back to where we were in the spring, to think back to where we were during fall camp. We always assumed Enwar once healthy. Like, just forget about it. He's He's the top guy. At this point, I can honestly say I couldn't tell you who... Jacksonville State should start when Rich Rod gives his whole we think all of the guys can do everything we trust them all we don't have a starter you know the thing coaches say normally I kind of roll my eyes in this case I agree I couldn't if Anwar Lewis is healthy I can't pick between these three guys I think we'll probably get some more clarity last season Matt LaRoche was the guy that kind of emerged early, we saw Anwar Lewis get hot and what was a kind of 50-50 split, although I think it was really more of a 40-40 split, and then we had some other guys mix in. But they were easily the top two guys. I think Anwar Lewis definitely stole the larger portion of that job down the stretch last year with how well he played. For right now, I, I think they're, they, they probably are going to be in a three-way split, and it'll be interesting to see how that works itself out and if certain guys develop roles as pass catchers or goal linebacks. But Ron Wiggins, what he's done in the as a receiver, has impressed the heck out of me. Malik Jackson has always looked like he's capable, both as a runner and as a pass catcher. Anwar Lewis could do everything last year. So he, I think he just slides in. I think they all have shown that they can do everything. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens when Anwar does return. Looking ahead to this game at Coastal... I already mentioned that I think it's going to be tough for Jacksonville State to keep forcing these turnovers, or as the defense likes to call them, takeaways, just because of how McCall takes care of the football. But I do think it's worth just acknowledging Jacksonville State has seven turnovers through two games, and Jacksonville State hasn't turned the ball over yet. So that's pretty impressive. If the Game Gamecocks can, can you know get three turnovers – Saturday, without giving one up, I definitely think Jacksonville State's in the game. But I think we should just recognize some defenders who've stood out to us. Thomas, I know you had a guy, probably a surprise for some people that who kind of stood out to you.
1: Obviously, a lot of reserves played just because of the score and how lopsided it was. But for me, one of the reserves that really made the most of his opportunity was safety Jalen Bustamante. He had three total tackles. Two of them were solo. And he had a tackle for loss and a pick for 18 yards. I mean, there's a reason why you play these games against FCS opponents as an FBS team. And and seeing guys like Jalen Bustamante play is one of them. This is a position that Richard Rod really said, you know, I'm not confident with the depth. Um, Just defensive backs in general, I'm not really confident. And while there's, you know, he's always going to say that, uh, this is really one of those that was thin. And seeing a guy like Bustamante step up and be able to have really good moments against a team like UTEP, I mean, I think that really sets Jacksonville State's depth up in a good way. And I think that it also just gives him the exposure that he needs. I was just really impressed overall. I mean, I thought that he had a really good game.
0: Yeah, I do think it's interesting. While I don't think we should put all the stock in the world in pro football focus grades, I do think it's interesting. He grades out as the highest defender on Jacksonville State. Now, granted, some of that may be slightly skewed due to playing time, the opponent, but it's just—it's an interesting thing to note. The guy that really stood out to me Saturday was defensive lineman Jeff Marks. Early on in the game, I think it's—it's it's the second drive. Uh, Jeff makes a great tackle. The quarterback scrambling up the middle, um, going in. Honestly, I think he scores a touchdown on that play if Jeff doesn't make this play. But on third down, gets the tackle. Uh, to stop him just after two yards, I think that forced a field goal. So, I mean, that in itself is pretty important. But I also just thought the way he was able to wrap the quarterback up kind of from behind, I thought that was a really good play, really impressed me in the moment on Saturday. Actually piqued my curiosity enough to just ask about him after the game. And then, you know, he gets a fumble recovery later in the game. Again, turnovers. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time focusing on that because there's some amount of luck and, you know, when I asked Rich Rod about it earlier, he said, you know, sometimes turnovers just happen because you're lucky, and you're lucky because you're playing hard. And that's kind of the response we've gotten from the players, too, that, you know, they're doing their job, and it, that puts them in the right position to get a turnover. But turnovers itself is a pretty fluky thing. So Jackson State getting seven is great. I don't know that that's a trend that's going to continue. Going forward, but I again I, I do think it's you know it speaks to how well Jeff has played. He's definitely impressed me just in the first two weeks, especially Saturday, especially when it was an actual game and Jacksonville State was concerned about the
1: score. And another thing about Jeff too, he's a Purdue transfer, and this was really his first preseason that he was able to just take it all in. And um, Jackson Luttrell, who played, who's playing alongside him, and has honestly looked really good as well. Um, he said that this is his first time getting to understand the defensive playbook and it's really shown um, for a guy like Marks who comes from Purdue and has that background it's really impressive to see what he's done in the short time that he's been here um, especially when you know you have that transition year where you're just getting it under your feet and I mean Rich Rod was really excited about it just because obviously he's a good player and he came from a power five school but at the same time he has the defensive playbook under his belt and he's really just been forced to lock in um, That's something that he kind of talked about, and it really showed. I mean, I think that this is a really good starting position group for Jacksonville State. I mean— I think the tackle positions and the guard positions are really good on defense, but there's still some questions about depth, but I mean, seeing Jeff Marks in the game that he had, that's a really good move in the right direction. So that's going to do it for this edition of Up in the Roost. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Next week, we'll have reactions to the Coastal Carolina game, and we have some really exciting things planned out for the next couple of episodes, so stay tuned. Even with the bye week, we've got some stuff planned out, so be sure to follow, and if you have any comments or recommendations, please let us know. Um, We're pretty active on social media, so you can send us a message or comment on spotify as well or apple music now thank you guys again for tuning in and we'll see you next time